Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Larson. This week, we're with Keith and Sandy Mitchum of Mitchum Livestock, a custom cattle feeding operation in Cherokee, Oklahoma. Keith and Sandy decided to move across the country with a few cattle and their life savings to go all in on reviving this feedlot that had a great past but needed a little love. This is an important story because it's about an escape from urban sprawl and some of the not-so-great effects of economic development. It's also a story of hard work, faith, and chasing your dreams. So here we go with Keith and Sandy. Well, we're here today in Cherokee, Oklahoma with Keith and Sandy Mitchum of Mitchum Livestock. Guys, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks. Hi. Well, you're both pretty new to Oklahoma. Tell us a little bit about where you grew up and how you met. Well, we um, both grew up in Georgia. Um, And then we met um, on a blind date set up by my sister, Joni. So tell us about life in Georgia. You grew up rural and were pretty rooted there, right? Um, pretty, I would say, yeah. I mean, you know, our parents both lived, you know, his lived across the street from us and mine was 20, 25 minutes down the road. And we... Um, in my place, my parents was a centennial family farm. So it was, uh, yeah. It was rural there at one time. I yeah, yeah. the the where we lived was rural, but if you got outside the fence post, wasn't wasn't as rural as it used to be several several years ago. So Atlanta was starting to come into your neighborhood, basically, right? Pretty much, pretty much. There were subdivisions on on each side of us, and um, even though we were you know, maybe 45 minutes from Atlanta, it would take you an hour and a half to get there. Um, just with, you know, 10 minutes to get out of the grocery store parking lot and just lots of people. So, so you saw it change a lot over your lifetime. Oh yeah. 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 I went from one high school in the County to five, you know, so it was quite a good bit of growth. Yeah. Sandy, you've been a small business owner for 20 years. Yes. Tell us about how you started that and grew your business over the years. Um, Well, my sister and I both worked for an aunt in high school um, that had a shop inside a mall. And after we both graduated, I had had gone into um, real estate for a while and worked um, for some, some real estate companies. And she had graduated from college and... I decided that I really didn't want to be, I wanted something with a little bit more flexibility. I didn't, I didn't want to be in the real estate industry. And so I went back to work for my aunt. Um, my sister Robin graduated um, from college and decided that she didn't want to do what she went to school for. So um, she came back to work for my aunt. And then after a couple of years, kind of long story short, we decided to open um, an embroidery store. And we went, we found a town that was starting to grow and, uh, we opened Southern Sisters and we had it for 18 years. So it changed and evolved a lot, um, where most of our stuff, you know, we could put a name or initials cause that's the very Southern thing to do. Yes. <laughs> um, and so that was the majority of our store. And then over the course of the, 
the 18 years, it kind of evolved to where we still did the monogramming, we still did embroidery, and we still customized and put names and monograms, but it wasn't the majority of the store anymore. So, And you built that. I mean, you had a nice group of employees by that time, right? We did. We started, well, we started out with just me and my sister, and we brought on one other lady for a while. And then I think probably at that first couple of years, maybe we might have had two to- two total besides ourselves. Um, and then I guess I think we figured about seven or eight years ago, we moved the store, almost doubled it in size, and, you know, grew the employees to about, I think, maybe around eight. Wow. So. Yeah. So, Keith, tell me about your operation in Georgia and what you did there. Well, when I got out of school, you know, we showed cattle, went through FFA, and kind of that just, you know, we always grew up there on the family farm, but never made a living out of it. So when I got out of school, um, you know, talking about kind of the growth in our area, the availability of farmland wasn't as great or, or pasture land to run cattle on. So uh, I had the opportunity of leasing a pretty big farm pretty close to us. And uh, so... And being a leased property, we started raising or buying and purchasing stocker calves. Uh, it gave us a little more flexibility to, you know, kind of run more cattle throughout the year. So so we basically started buying what we call high-risk cattle out of the sale barn and just, uh, you know, try to keep them as healthy as you can and grow them as cheap as you can. So and that was basically what... We did in Georgia for the past 20 years. So essentially, especially in the later years, you were trying to ranch in the middle of what was becoming a metropolitan area. Correct. Yes, it was, you know, you kind of you kind of want to be where you're like kind or something. You know, if you, if you want to wear a cowboy hat to town, you don't want to be looked at. Or it was kind of getting on that side of, you know, we were the, I think we were eating in a restaurant one, one night and, we were talking about how different different it was and or how different just the different people that were that were there you know what they just and it was kind of more or less it come down to the disconnect of the actual family farm mm-hmm. you know and we we were the actual different, different ones different yeah ones. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> you know you're just looking around the restaurant and and looking at what you know you, there was different cultures and different types of people and you know and just all walks of you know life different people and 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 I just kind of looked at Keith and I said, well, I think we're the different ones. <laughs> <laughs> and um, not in a bad way. Not right. in a bad way, yeah. but just well, you know, you um, you know, you grow up in a place all your life, and it's the same kind of people that you know. And then all of a sudden, there there's more people there, and you know, you don't go to town anymore and see somebody you know. You yeah. know that that became the norm. You know, used to go to the grocery store, go to dinner, and you'd see at least one person you knew. And it got to the point where you. You know, you you didn't know a soul in the restaurant. Wow. So a lot of us think about economic development as a good thing. But in this case, you experienced some of the bad side of economic development. Yeah. we um, They were building a studio, a movie studio, about three miles from where we lived. Covington um, was starting to become, I think they've nicknamed it, um, the Hollywood of the South. A lot of um, 
movies and TV shows were being filmed there. You'd see them pretty much on a daily basis. And so just the, I think, uh, is it Facebook or Amazon has built a, um, a hub there and it's just, you know, there's lots of people coming, but you know, they, they push out that pasture land or they push out or they don't want the smell of your cows or, you know, they just, or getting behind you on the tractor going from one field to another, you know, they don't realize. But in a sense, they still want that kind of that majestic view of the pasture. (laughs) Just just don't want all the stuff that comes with it. It's right there. So That's good. Well, when was it that you decided we've got to go somewhere else? What, about four or five years ago, really, we kind of, you know, knew that that our days were probably numbered, but I would say more so in the last three years, we knew um, our youngest son would be graduating from high school. And if we were going to do something, that's, that's when we needed to do it. So, And my parents and even my brother, though, was, I don't know if capitalize is the right word, but, you know, they, they did the agritourism mm-hmm. side of it and, and still are doing that just because you kind of have to adapt yep to that right there and uh you know they've been very successful with that with the corn maze and strawberries and pick your own and you know in that type of setting in the being that close to metro atlanta and you know people are really as you know they they enjoy that experience coming out to the farm right there so you know but being on the production ag side of it it wasn't you know something or an area that we needed to be in yeah and when you want to keep doing that that's right i have to look elsewhere so where did you start looking were you open to anything kind of but um we did about about eight or seven eight years ago we came to oklahoma and and visited my sister and I don't, I wouldn't say it was on that trip, but it was on a trip, probably not too long after that, we kind of would visit and, you know, just loved the simplicity, the way of life, you know, just the slower pace. Um, so we did kind of, I guess when we started, when we very, very first started looking, we did start looking in Georgia and, and, and tried to, you know, make some properties work there and just what and just wasn't jiving, and that's kind of where we turned our, I guess, well, more we so. had some parameters, too. We didn't want to go farther south because it did get hotter and humid. and Gnats. Gnats. <laughs> and then the North Georgia, I mean, just the price of land, you know, was just not conducive to farming. So, and then... A couple of other areas, we were kind of somewhat concerned 10, 20 years down the road, would we still be in the same boat, you know? So so when, when we really got serious, I think, really starting to look um, outside of Georgia, um, I think we concentrated it more so in Oklahoma. Just I think it was familiar to us, was part of it, but, um, you know, uh, we didn't physically look at very many properties, but I, we looked at thousands of properties on the internet yeah. so um you know we'd look I, I think we looked in you know a few properties in Texas but you get you know you get too close to Dallas and you know the price of land is it very expensive and 
um, you know, there's a little bit of urban sprawl going on there. And we just, like he said, didn't want to be in the same play, you know, same boat 10, you know, 15, 20 years down the road. So, um, we, um, you know, started looking pretty seriously in Oklahoma. Um, we, uh, basically just Google searched, Yeah, <laughs> you know, we kind of had a parameters of how many acres we wanted and, you know, and in the price range, we kind of wanted to stay in and, um, we took a trip out here a couple of years ago and went and looked at kind of south central Oklahoma. Um, we looked in northeastern Oklahoma a little bit. And then we finally, <laughs> we, I did a Google, I, I can't remember what it was, but I remember looking at something and I saw and the word feedlot kind of jumped out of the page. And I said, I'm, I'm going to Google search feedlots for sale in Oklahoma. And I think there were two or three of them. One of them was a fairly new facility out, um, and it was way over our price range. Um, one of them, I think, had actually been sold, and then um, it was uh, we found this one in, in Cherokee, and I, I remember handing it to Keith, and he's like, hmm, how'd you find this? And I said, Google. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think we called on it and, um, you know, asked a few questions and, I think God had a little bit to do with it. <laughs> I would say God had a lot to do with it. We had never really been west of 35, and so um, really wasn't even looking in this area because it wasn't familiar to us. Sure. So it's kind of a, it's looking back, it's really a, a funny story how we ended up in Cherokee. Um, you know, I mean, God's hand was definitely, because you, know, you try to tell the story and you just can't even convey. You know, people say, well, how'd you find Cherokee, Oklahoma? Google search. <laughs> Literally. Literally a Google search. Yeah. So. I think, you know, just looking back, the how the pieces come from us trying to buy property in Georgia to here. I mean, that just how things didn't fall in place that we thought wasn't falling in place was actually leading us here. So pretty yeah. neat. And, the even, and just even the timing of it, it was, I mean, you know, I get what I would say a year or so ago. We decided that we were going somewhere. We had decided that we were going to put our house on the market um, in the spring. Um, we were going to pretty much sell everything. And um, if we didn't have a place to go, we were just going to go to Oklahoma, rent a place, and find some jobs until we could figure out what we wanted to do. And then when we found this place, um, we came and visited. Well, the first time was in November um, a year ago. It was the week of Thanksgiving. We drove here. We stayed at my sister's house, spent the night there, got up the next morning, drove to Cherokee, looked at this place, drove back to um, Pahuska, stayed there, and got up the next morning and drove back to Georgia. Wow. So that was it was crazy, but we did it, and um, we kind of mulled over it and looked over it, and decided that we were gonna we were gonna put an offer in on it, and that well the process started in November. Um, we were kind of back and forth, um, just with the the ownership of the property and some of the little galities of it. Just kind of took some back and forth, and there was a lot of channels to work through. It was just, and at the time we were <laughs> we were so frustrated, like why can't we? you know, get this done. I mean, it's, you know, but like, it was one of those things you were looking back going, you know, not my time, his time. Um, he knew our timeline better than we knew our timeline. And so, um, 
That was in November. We came back out here in February and finalized a contract. And um, then we started the, um, the financing process of it and went with a company. Everything was fine. Everything was fine. Everything was fine. Um, what was it? About a week before, um, you know, we were due to close or something. I can't remember. The bank's like, oh, we changed our mind. Oh, man. <laughs> it was, you know, we're like, okay, <laughs> now what oh. do we do? And then um, Keith called a local bank here and they said, sure, you know, we'll do wow. it. We're like, what? That easy? You know, we've been, you know, jumping through hurdles and, you know, um, for, for a month with this other company. It, it can't be that easy. And, yeah. you know, it was just um, my prayer through the whole process was, you know, dear Lord, just close doors that no man can open and open doors that no man can close. And like I said, he knew our timing and he knew, um, you know, when our house would sell and, and how everything could just fall into place. And, um, we closed on this place April 29th and I mean, it is, he has just blessed us immensely from start to finish. It is just, it's the coolest story to just look back and see. And probably one of our, or for me, confirmation that we were supposed to be here, the the president of the bank come by one day that did the loan for us, and uh, she said she sat out there at the end of the driveway and prayed for a godly couple to buy this place. So, and it happened. And it happened. So, man, so. you're making us all cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she. Uh, it was the. It was the weekend. No, it was the weekend we moved here. It wasn't the weekend we closed on it. It was Memorial Day weekend. She came by to just to check on us, and um, you know, and told us that story. And it was like, you know, it just gives you chill bumps to know that um, just how all the pieces have felt have fit, have fit together. And you know, when you move to a town that you have, you know, nobody. We didn't know a soul here, not one soul, and. A neighbor, so Keith was here. We we closed in April. Keith moved here pretty much in May. Um, I had to stay back in Georgia, sell the house, pack the house up, get all those things done. So he was pretty much here by himself. And this place um, had been neglected um, for the last several years and needed a lot of work. <clears throat> so Keith came out and he started just um, kind of piece by piece trying to put some things back together and. He went to church on Sunday. He said, I'm going to church. And um, a guy said, well, let me take you to lunch. His wife was out of town. And I'll never forget, he texted me. And um, he said, he went to church and he said, I'm going I'm going to lunch with a guy. <laughs> and I said, well, I guess that's better than you going to church. I mean, going to dinner with a girl. So um, we just kind of laughed. But that man has just, he is you know, becoming one of our, our dearest friends. I mean, the, and then that just kind of, you know, then he introduced us to someone else. And I mean, anytime we need help, I mean, we have friends and, and, and neighbors that just come by and just, well, what can I do? You know, you got, you got a load out there that needs working and, you know, you, you need a hand and they just, they all jump in. And, um, one of, you know, part of that prayer was 
that, you know, send us friends. We don't know anybody. Yeah. You can't, we don't have any family, you know, in this town. So you, you got to have friends and, and the Lord has blessed us there as well. I mean, it just. Not even a year in. Mm-mm. Yeah. And, and that guy, that particular Sunday, I mean, he showed, took me to businesses and different folks, you know, just all in one day right there. Wow. Been there eating. The, the funny part is, <laughs> he said, where do you want to go eat? And I said, I've been eating sandwiches, you know, been here by myself. And we went to Subway. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. But definitely a blessing. Yeah. So you sold a lot of your stuff. Mm-hmm. And what did you actually bring here? Did you bring any livestock? Um, we brought, um, I call them the, the retired showgirls. We brought um, five of my son's show heifers and one calf on a trailer and two horses. That was it. <laughs> and two dogs. <laughs> and, and that was somewhat of a blessing, too, because we were able, because this place did come with all the equipment. Uh, so, in a sense, we sold every piece of farm equipment except for just a handful of things. So in Georgia, so that helped us, you know, somewhat in the move too. Yeah. So it was. Because uh, you look back trying to move across the country, um, you know, um, what you have left of a farm and a house, I don't know how we did it. And, and that was <laughs> kind of, Sandy touched on it a little bit about how things fell together. You know, we couldn't sell a piece of equipment forever. Uh-uh. I mean, it was just like. I can't get rid of none of this equipment. <laughs> and uh, the guy I actually leased the farm from ended up buying it all. Wow. He decided so, that he wanted to continue um, growing, uh, growing hay and, uh, yeah. and so, doing that. So we had the hay equipment, so he bought it. So it was, yeah, there was things, you know, you, you get so frustrated and then, you know, God just says, let me show you this and, you just you just stand there and you just are in awe. Wow. So, how does this operation differ from what you were doing in Georgia? Uh, the biggest thing I guess is uh, it is a confinement operation. Uh, back in Georgia, we were able to turn cattle out on grass traps, so uh, you know they had the option of grass, or we did supplement them with feed. So, but here it's just like, you know, Sunday afternoon, you know, whatever they're going to eat is what you're going to give them. So that's probably the biggest thing. Uh, We still get a lot of cattle out of the southeast. So we're still dealing with the same type of cattle. It's just we're doing it more on a confinement. So that's probably been been the biggest challenge. And we've worked, we got a good nutritionist now that we're working with. So that's... That's helped me a lot right there. And then uh, dealing with some different feed products, things like that. But that's that's probably the biggest difference. Yeah. Tell us about your operation here and describe it for our listeners. Like if they were to drive into the place, what would they see? Uh, we are a starting yard, a backgrounding uh, cattle Uh we predominantly take in high-risk cattle. Uh, these are cattle that generally come out of the sale barn right there uh, with no known history right there. So we 
got a vaccination program. Uh, and then we basically, from vaccinating, it's pretty much just kind of a hands-on from there on out for the next 60 days. And most of our cattle are here for about 60 to 75 days. But uh, the cattle generally come in weighing anywhere from three to five, probably. So uh, it's very labor-intensive. Uh, cattle, just from the area that we are getting uh, cattle from back southeast are, are kind of known as them high-risk cattle. So a lot of doctrine, So, but that's kind of the, kind of the gist of it. Okay. So this far into it, are you totally glad you made the move? Yes, without a doubt. Yes, I mean it's, and I, I wish I had our, you know, we had to, we were doing all the finance and we kind of had to do a business plan and kind of the number of cattle that we were going to run and the steps we were going to grow. And I think we doubled that in the first two or three months that wow. we were planning on. We, um, this is kind of a, a neat story, but um, I had, um, I had gone back to, to Georgia. I was kind of back and forth the first couple of months and I was balancing the checkbook and I'm like, we're in the negatives. <laughs> so I called Keith. He's like, well, how'd that happen? I said, I don't know, but we're in the negatives. And I was, I just, I remember praying and trying to figure out how to, you know, make things work. Cause you know, we were, we were using every dime we had, you know, a, every piece of savings, everything to do this. And I think it was later that evening or maybe the next morning, and Keith calls and he says, you figured out that program because we had gotten a new computer program. And I said, I think so. He said, well, get ready because we got a load coming in tomorrow. <laughs> and, you know, it was kind of, I don't even remember if we were 100% ready for cattle yet, but <laughs> God, ready, or not. <laughs> ready or not, here they come. <laughs> And they just kept coming. They didn't, it didn't stop. And I remember, I remember um, shipping that first load out. You know, I'm a girl, so you get a little emotional, but I kind of felt like, well, they're leaving us. You know, why are they leaving us? But then they, you know, were replaced with some more and you don't quite get that sentimental on them. <laughs> but I do remember that first load in, in any time. I mean, there's been a couple of times where, you know, we've, We've been very, you know, I've just, I've, my prayer was always, you know, dear Lord, let us spend our money wisely and, you know, just, just put it in the right places. And, you know, there was, there was at one point where I remember looking at, you know, what the bank note was due and our taxes were due and, you know, how kind of, how the checkbook had been going up until that point. And I was like, dear Lord, I just don't see this. I said, you know, I know that, that you brought us here for a reason. I know you're going to take care of us. Um, and it was, um, it was about a week or two before Christmas, and I was going to go back to Georgia for a couple of days. And I was, um, you know, balancing the checkbook and doing different things. And I looked at the ending balance, and I was like, there's our payments. I mean, it was there. Like, it was it was just, I, I just couldn't believe it. I'm like, you know, this doesn't, this doesn't make sense. How did this all happen? You know, I've been watching it so closely, you know, and it was, and it was there. Wow. And, you know, we have, 
you know, I mean, he's just, we've made that first payment to the bank. That's done. The taxes are paid. That's done. You know, not to say that we don't, you know, we've got some other obstacles that we've got to overcome, but over and over and over again, he has shown me that it will be there and not my timing, but his timing. Wow. It had to be overwhelming. I mean, coming in and trying to figure out, did you figure out where to start? Well, we've often asked ourselves if, if we had to do it over again, would we do it? And I don't know if we've ever come up with an answer <laughs> or not. So, because uh, there was a lot of pieces to get here. Uh, but it was, it was easier for me to get started, I think, than Sandy, because this is the business that I was in, I'm just doing it somewhat in a confinement operation. And Sandy went from a women's boutique to, <laughs> to working cattle. So <laughs> that was the... Yeah, we always, I, I sometimes joke and I'm like, I gave up for a really cushy job for this. <laughs> I didn't have to work when it was 20 degrees outside and the wind's blowing and, you know, it's raining or, you know, I like I said, it... Um, but... I have really enjoyed it, and um, I did have somebody ask me, he's like, well, well, what job did you like better? Do you like, you know, the job you came from or the job you have here? And I said, I said, well, I said, it's really, I can't say that I like one better than, than the other, but what I do like is my life here. I like um, the slower pace. I like, um, you know, just the people and, and, and the town and, um, you know, just everything about, you know, the area. Um, you know, I, I joked, one of the jokes was when we were looking for a place, I was like, well, just make sure I'm within 45 minutes of a target. That's all I ask. <laughs> well, I'm not 45 minutes <laughs> from a target. Um, you know, but you know, when you, when you, when you it's, grow it's been up, a blessing. <laughs> Um, but when you grow up, you know, where the grocery store or anything, anything you could possibly need is within 10 minute drive, anything, um, you know, and, and it's not even need, it's more want because everything that I need is within 10 minutes. You know, I have a very decent grocery store. We have a hardware store. Um, you know, we have, there's been very, very, very few items that, you know, we couldn't run to town or run to the next town over that's about 15, 20 minutes down the road and, and get what we needed. So I just, I really love, you know, my life here. I just, I, I and, like and it. And probably the biggest surprise for me, or I don't know if surprise is right, but the people in the town, we talked about the friends, but just the people in general in Cherokee or this area. Uh, it's just been a real blessing. I mean, just, you know, they want you to succeed here. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, in, in more ways, you know, more times than one, we have heard people say to us, um, oh, we're so glad you're here. And, you know, this town needs this place. I mean, this, this place was started, what, in the, in the 50s as a hog farm operation. Um, I think the feed yard might have been built... Late 70s, early 80s. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and I think they started with fat cattle here, finishing them out. So, and there's been, 
Um, I think we're what the fifth owner. Yeah, yeah, about the fifth owner. So, um, you know, I think I think that there's a lot of history here, and um, I know that we probably will never get it to what it looked like in its heyday. You know, really, but I, our goal is to make it shine again. You're going to give it a new heyday. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, one little pin at a time, trying to paint and fix and run cattle. And how and many folks have worked here? And yeah, just I don't the, see. Just the, the different stories you hear of yeah, you, one guy brought some cattle and he said, you know, I got married right here at this spot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't elab- get him to elaborate on it, but. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and if, if, if the person didn't work here, there was somebody in their family that did at some point in their life. So it's, it's, it's really a neat place. It's just a, it's a cool place. And, um, you know, I've had one guy say, well, I've worked, you know, we had, we had a guy help us out one weekend and he said, you know, I've been at a lot of feed yards. He said, but he said, this one is really nice. And I'm like, really? <laughs> Cause you know, I mean, it's got some age on it. Um, you know, it, it needs a new coat of paint. It needs, you know, a, a repair here and there, but, but the bones of it. And that was kind of one of the things that, you know, helped us make our decision. You know, yeah, it needs a lot of work, but the bones were here and, um, you know, the facilities are, are just a, a neat, neat place. And, and the location, I mean, we've gotten cattle in from what, New Mexico and Virginia and Georgia Texas and, and Texas. South Dakota. So, I mean, just the, Kind of the hub right there. Yeah, you don't you don't go out too often and um, look out at the road and not see a cow truck come through here, um, you know, up and down the road. So that's that's to me it's just cool. So yeah, and this place has the potential to provide a lot of jobs with, right. as you keep growing it. Yeah, and we're probably just using about half the pens right now. So you know we're. Going to kind of grow it slow because there is somewhat of a learning curve. So and we, we got a little faster start than, than we had planned. So, yeah. you know, we were talking about you know the, we had said we were going to do this many cattle, and all of a sudden we were twice that many cattle. So, um, you know, we're gonna we do know that we knew, do need to figure some things out and make sure we do it right because that's important to us. I mean, it is it's very easy in this business. I think. Um, because everything's done almost on a handshake. And, you know, your character and your reputation is all you have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we do, you know, a lot of custom cattle. And, and you know, we, you know, I made the comment one time. I said, well, we treat those cattle like they were our own. And Keith chimed in. He said, no, Sandy. He said, we treat those cattle better than our own. Um, you know, we just, we want to be able to lay our heads down at night and know we have done the best job that we can do. What advice would you have for somebody thinking about doing something similar, like literally putting it all in on a new dream? Check your faith. Yeah. That'd be the first, I think. Yeah. Well, uh, I will tell you, our inspiration came from a Sunday school teacher that we had um, before we moved. Um, he was around our age and had a landscaping business, and I think a pretty... Um, pretty successful one, but that's not what he wanted to do. He wanted to be a pilot. And he, he, he became that pilot. He, you know, risked a lot of things and, and, you know, put a lot of faith out there and, 
and and that's what he's doing now. And I think that kind of kind of started our little, you know, we'd always dreamed of having our own place because we had leased for, you know, pretty much our entire, you know, operation was on, on leased land. And, you know, we, we wanted our own place. We wanted a place that if our kids decided that this is what they wanted to do, they had a place to do it. Um, and so that, that, that was, I guess, really our dream. And I don't know if, I don't know that we could have done it before we did it. Um, you know, people at, you know, like, would you, how would you advise? I would say, you know, if, once you get that dream, start chasing it. Don't, don't wait till you're 45, 46 years old. Um, you know, just it's, I think it's scarier then, you know, cause you're supposed to be pretty, um, pretty stable then. And, at, you know, at that point in your life. And, and we, we're both 45. Well, we're older now. Well, that started at 45. You're older. <laughs> Just still, year. I'm still 45. You're still, yeah. But we, you uh, know, we, we always, I, you know, I've always said, well, you're 45 years old, jumping off a cliff, you know. Um, but I think I read in the Bible the other day about, um, you know, committing your plans. You know, you always say God's will, God's will. But, you know, he's the one that gives you those dreams. You don't just make them up on your own. And you know, you know, if, if it's going to work out, if it's, it's going to, you know, not to say there's not going to be a bump here or there, but it, you're not going to have to force it. You know, you shouldn't have to force it. And that's when you really know that, you know, you kind of, you feel that peace about, you know, that, that window open or that door open. Yeah, because I, I think when we were maybe trying to push some different things, whether it was the financing or the selling of the equipment or something, it was like you know, it's gotta, we gotta do it. It's gotta do it, and I think that was God showing His timing. It was just because yeah. you know, and like you said, like Sandy said, it, if it'll it'll come naturally, and you'll know it's not forced. I mean, it'll. And, and that gives your, you know, if you, if you got a dream and you kind of want it wrote out a plan, uh, which that's, you know, there's, you don't always go as planned, but if it'll, it'll come pretty easy, I think, or, or it did for us as far as, you know, and it, it gave us Looking that, back. Yeah, you're looking back, yeah. <laughs> looking back. Well, that was kind of easy. At the time, it may not have felt like that, but... Um, you know, I just, I would encourage people to, you know, take that first step of faith, you know, you, and pray about it. Because if you don't do any of that, you know, I, I could not imagine doing what we did without our faith and our God. I just, it wouldn't have happened or it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been a successful thing. I don't and I can't say that we're a success so much. You know, we've still got a long ways to go, but um, you know, we have come a long way, and He has provided. Um, and you know, it's what's the build it and they will come. Yeah. I mean, I kind of you know, we I made a few phone calls on you know that we were kind of open for business, but it's just pretty much folks have just. Come by. I mean, we just—it's wow. like just it's, a just, word of, you know. it's just a word of mouth, or just 
you know, a phone call. It's, hey, I got a truckload headed your way. Could you take them? I mean, it's, I mean it's that's just, happened more than once. Yeah, okay, just, they'll be uh, there in three hours. <laughs> uh, but it's just been amazing, you know, the people and the customers that just... Don't know us from Adam's house cat and just placed, you know, a, a very large amount of money in our care. You know, yeah. I just, that... You know, and that goes back to, you know, what we were talking about with our character and, and um, you know, and, and and what we believe. You know, we just, we want people to, to be able to, you know, know that, that we're going to do the best job and that, you know, that's kind of the, we want that reputation. But, yeah, I mean, but, but going back to our dream, you know, we didn't have this plan or, well, I take that back. I mean, I had some customer base. But, uh, you know, it just goes back to him taking care of us. And if you're in God's will, you know, and you got that dream, then it'll come together. I totally agree. Yep. So as we've been talking about, this is a big project uh, to get this up and running back at full capacity. What is next for you to tackle? Uh. (laughs) Well, uh, we did, before purchasing the property, I did contact one of the previous owners and tried to find out as much, you know, about the property as we could because we were 14 hours away. Uh, The water here has always been somewhat of an issue. Uh, And when we first got here, that was probably our major expenditures of putting in new water pipes and new water... So we're fitting to start phase two, is what I call it, <laughs> on, on putting in some more water tanks and water lines. Uh, but that's kind of the next project for me anyway. Uh, uh, and there's a few um, cosmetic things that, you know, we'd like to do. We've started painting some of the fences, and there's a, a little horse barn that come, when you come into the property, it's right there. And, you know, we'd like to kind of fix that up, just cleaning up some... We've got a guy right now hauling off some scrap iron, trying to get things cleaned up. And uh, this place was pretty much covered in weeds Wow! when we uh, moved. I mean, there were fences you couldn't even see because of the weeds. And Keith said the other day, he said, we need to make sure we save some money for a good sprayer this <laughs> this summer. It was vacant for, what, over a year as far as yeah. cattle. Yeah. So. And actually, when we got here, Probably in the first 30 days, we actually got a guy to come in and aerial spray the whole pens just because it was was so grown up, just so we could kind of see, what see we the had. bottom of it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so. Well, that's great. How do we follow along? Um, we do have an Instagram page and a Facebook page, um, Mitchum Livestock. Um, and I do try to post pictures and stories and things. Um, we have a lot of people back east that just... They eat it up. They love it. They love seeing our story and what happens next. And I'll get messages from them now. Why are you doing that? And what are you doing this for? And and well, you know, I just bought some cattle. You know, what are what are you doing? You know, why are you doing it this way? And you know, you know, we and we share. And I just, um, it's really really cool. I love, um, you know, the comments and things that we get. Um, you know, just to be able to be an inspiration to to other people that, um, you know, I always joke that. Um, or at least my family, 
I said, I don't think anybody really, when we said, oh, we're moving to Oklahoma when, when our son graduates um, from school, I don't really 100% think people really took us seriously <laughs> until, until we showed them, you know, hey, we just closed on a piece of property in Oklahoma. We're moving in a month. <laughs> I guess something that we didn't touch on that, but we, you know, as far as, the family land that we had was not enough to be sustainable for production agriculture. You know, I did say, you know, my brother, they kind of did the agritourism, but we rented most of our land right there. So it was hard to put a lot of money into it because it wasn't a long-term lease. Uh, And the the facilities, they were, um, you know, they... They needed some work, um, you know, like I, like the fences, you know, needed to be replaced. But when you don't, you know, have a long-term lease on something, you really, you know, don't want to put that investment in there. And then the landlord say, oh, guess what? <laughs> yeah, I have other plans now. And so, you know, I, I often say that, you know, those, those fences were held together by a prayer because if you touched them, they were, they were coming down. Um, well, we, we rented that place for 18 years. So, and, you know, we, we did do the grunt work. We did, that was kind of my college of getting to this place. You know, it was, you know, doing things that may not be ideally the way you'd want them to do them, but, you know, it was kind of what we had to do to get by. Putting Band-Aids so we, and piecing we, we, things together. We paid our dues yeah. on it, so, and, uh, but we were able to. So when we got here, I think he might have, said to something he said well I've been training for this for 20 years (laughs) but it's a whole lot different to it's a different feeling when you're fixing something that you own absolutely I mean it's you know I I still am uh, in awe you know I I still drive down the road and go I can't believe I live here I mean it's a beautiful the sunsets and the sunrises and just looking out I one of the things it was too you know when we the farthest um, west past 35 we had been was the day we came and looked at this place and I just remember seeing how flat and open it started getting and I was like wow this is pretty flat Keith this is pretty open um, but I love it now I couldn't you know I I, I kind of wondered if I that would be okay and and it's it's gorgeous and I love going out at night and I can look up and you can see the stars you can see and they're I I remember standing there one night going, Keith, you've got to look at this. I just can't remember the last time I looked up at the stars and saw how bright there were and how many of them there were. And, you know, and I stand there some days and I just look out over the place, you know, and and I go, this is ours. This is ours. You know, God has blessed us. This, this is ours. Because we really, before this place, we owned 1.3 acres and a house. That was really all that was in our name. Everything else was either family land or rented land. But this this is ours, and it makes a big difference. And it's awesome. Makes you put a lot of pride in it. Even when you get that water leak <laughs> on Sunday morning trying to get to church. Got a new water leak. Well, Keith, it's our water leak to fix. <laughs> <laughs> Well, guys, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I love your story. It's so inspiring. And uh, I can't wait for other people to hear it, too. Thank you. This was fun. (laughs) 
Well, I love to hear how well things are going for Keith and Sandy in this new venture and that their risk is paying off and also how happy they are. You can literally hear it in their voices in this interview and I'm so glad for them. I'm also so excited to tell you about what might be one of the best things we've done yet, Cultivate by Rural Revival. This is our new online membership group focused on growing your business and reviving your town. So if you're a small business owner, a chamber director or board member, or someone who is focused on bringing life to your small town, this is where you'll find valuable tools and strategies, as well as inside access to successful rural entrepreneurs and leaders who are making a difference. Go to ruralrevival.co slash cultivate for all the details, and I hope to see you in the group. Thank you to Keith and Sandy for being on the podcast and inspiring us all. And thanks to you for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Have a great day, everybody.